0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average twelve month savings of seven hundred forty four dollars by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June twenty twenty-two and May twenty twenty-three. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: Teddy's a tremendous professional and tremendous Teddy's a tremendous person. And so um you know, he. I think he, he, I can't speak for him. I think he's controlling what he can control, and um, he's having a great off season. I'm sure. I can't wait to get him back here, and I think he's um, determined to play his best football next year. Um, as far as where he stands with us, I mean, he, he's our quarterback. As it pertains to Sam, I mean, I, like I said, Sam. Sam's a. We think a dynamic player in this league, um, with unbelievable talent, and who's really, really um, has a chance to. To really hit his outstanding potential moving forward, but um, you know, like 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 I said earlier, um, if calls are made, I, I will I will answer them.
0: That wasn't quite to the "believe nothing, everyone's lying." Everyone's creating a smokescreen, extreme. If we, as we've seen in other cases, but but still, the door was open a little sure. bit, and we knew we, we we knew there was a chance that Sam Darnold was no longer going to be the quarterback of the New York Jets. Matt Rule, he's two for two when it comes to talking up his quarterbacks right before moving on from them. It was Cam Newton last year and Teddy Bridgewater this year. At least Joe Douglas acknowledged he would he would talk sure. if someone called. Well, someone called. And they talked, and they talked some more, Christopher, and on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live, we begin by thanking the Jets and Panthers for not doing it on Saturday, not doing it on Easter Sunday like the Eagles in Washington once did with Donovan McNabb back in 2010, disrupting an otherwise peaceful and relaxing late afternoon. Wait until Monday when we're all fully engaged and we're ready to give our hot takes. So thank you for being judicious about the news flow. And the news came late yesterday afternoon: Darnold to the Carolina Panthers for a smattering of draft picks, nothing close to the three second-round picks the Jets gave the Colts when they flip-flopped six and three in 2018. So clearly, the investment did not pan out the way the Jets had hoped. But they turn a guy that they otherwise were done with into something. They get a second-round pick in 2022, which isn't bad, and they move forward clearly with a quarterback. In the second overall spot, many believe it will be Zach Wilson. What was your initial reaction when you saw the news?
1: Well, I mean, not surprised either. I mean, yeah, I mean we 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 talked about all this stuff for the last month, you know. I I don't want to sit here and like, first off, I think, you know, with Matt Rule, Joe Douglas, like you know, I, I I think at that time they weren't sure how things were gonna play out, so I don't think they're totally lying to us. But yes, like you, like me, I mean, we saw it on the horizon. I mean, and especially, I think, once we saw the Zach Wilson workout, I think that's when you just went, okay, wait, all right, that was special. I know it's just a workout, but we haven't seen a lot of workouts that it looked like that, so uh, not surprised. I guess I'm surprised that it happened yesterday. I wasn't expecting it. it kind of came out of nowhere, but really thought something like this would go down, and uh, good trade for both sides, really, the way I look at it, because you know I love Zach Wilson. Well, and – For Sam Darnold,
0: the jury's still out on what he's going to be. But I said this yesterday afternoon as we were reacting in real time to what had transpired. I tend to believe that if a quarterback is going to become a true shortlist franchise quarterback, he declares it early. We see something in the first three seasons that makes us say, there it is, wait, there's that thing, there's that moment, there's that special skill that no one else in the world possesses, that he's going to demonstrate from time to time. And all due respect to Sam Darnold, Chris, there's been nothing in his first three years that has caused us to say, holy crap, or another four-letter word that we can't say on Peacock, although I'm still confused about that. But regardless, sure. or irregardless, as they may say, <laughs> the, the, the reality is the Jets came to the conclusion, the Jets who know them better than anyone after three years came to the conclusion, it's time to move on, and part of that is we got Sam Darnold in the hand. We got the potential of Zach Wilson in the bush, where where we think that Wilson is going to give us the moments we never got from Darnold.
1: Uh, I, I think that's it. I don't necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily like an indictment on Sam Darnold. Like, oh man, you can't play. It didn't work here with the Jets. You're out of here. You know, we're shipping you out the first trade offer we get. Right? No, I still. I still think there was a lot of belief in that building. I do, as far as, like, what he could be. And the fact that he had, you know, got the, the, the short straw or the short stick, whatever you want to say, as far as support around him, help. You know, it was the last regime who made that trade, you know, like you said, to go up from six to three. Now it's a new regime trying to clean, clean things up, certainly. You know, yes, yeah, Sam Donald, like we've always been talking about, it hasn't been great. We know that. But, I mean, how good can it be? I mean, how good can it really be Like with with the cast of characters that have been around him? It's just not possible to really succeed. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers can make it work and look better. But it's like a very, very short list of people that could have done anything with that Jets football team to, to make us feel like, oh, wow, they're here. They've arrived. They did him an injustice. They never really got you know, the support around him to let him get going as a football player and even establish himself to either, or, or even have enough talent around him to give the moments that you're talking about. You know, that, that's what I think is the big thing with Sam Darnold. I will not be shocked if he goes down to Carolina and wins football games and ends up having a real good career down there uh, in a place that, you know, I think really suits him as far as talent and, and the way the system is run down there in, in Carolina. Was he good enough over the past
0: three years to justify being the third overall pick in the draft, regardless of the supporting cast around?
1: No, well, no, probably not. No, no. I, I mean, okay. Yeah. He wasn't the number three pick of the draft. He was not. Uh, that's a, that's a fair question or a fair way to say it. Certainly. But you know, again, you say it all the time. We know that the draft is a crapshoot. He was a guy that had a lot of hype coming out, you know, from USC. He had that great Rose Bowl game against Penn State. Where after that, you couldn't tell the world he wasn't the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's it's a lot like the Trevor Lawrence conversation we're having this year. You're not allowed to say he's not the greatest quarterback ever. It was the same way that year with him. And how, how remember how everybody was shocked? Like, what? The Browns are going to take Baker Mayfield? They're not going to take Sam Darnold? Who everybody was just saying was the best. And I have the highest QB grade in the history of scouting on this guy and all that stuff. So... No, he did not live up to expectations, but I also will say he got no help uh, or no nudge to to really be able to deliver on those expectations either. I mean, come on, those receivers this year, gee willikers, Batman, they were pitiful. When you think
0: back to the 2017 season, and that was the first year we were working together on this program, Darnold was the guy, wire to wire, who was regarded as the top quarterback prospect in the ensuing draft and I have a vivid recollection of someone on this show constantly referring to him as Sam Darnold. I can't remember whether it was was the
1: French he was a little French back then (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 uh,
0: but but I, I it's it's I think coincidental yeah and important that the Darnold trade happened on Monday because over the weekend and we really have reached the low water mark between free agency and the draft when things like this become news. there's someone with the athletic who who wrote an article that caught some traction that Zach Wilson wait for it yeah is a boom or bust prospect whoa well no no crap <laughs> they all are and and I think the only reason it created headlines is because no one else. Generally speaking, we'll come out and say there's a chance all these quarterbacks that are getting all this publicity in the run-up to the draft aren't going to be any good. Some of them won't be very good. We just don't know at this point. So we don't talk about I think there's two reasons we don't talk about it. And I say we, I mean everyone yeah, in the media. One, we we you. We're, 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 we know that this is all about selling hope to the fan bases whose team's select these players so it's better to view the glass as half full it's kind of evolved that way over time when in Rome hype up the draft picks and also if people are too candid about you know if Mel Kuiper on his conference calls that he does I don't know once a week once every other week and all the other draft experts is saying well you know there's a chance that half these guys are going to stink the next question is well which ones are going to stink well we don't know well why are we listening to you then (laughs) and and so it's all positive but when we look back the the history is strewn with with guys who didn't work out look at 28 look at 2018 Baker Mayfield we still don't know for sure Sam Darnold trending bust Josh Rosen what the hell happened to him Josh Allen superstar Lamar Jackson superstar Five guys taken in round one. Two superstars yeah. and three other guys where one we know. Now, who, who knows what's going to happen with him? Maybe he gets lucky in San Francisco. Maybe Mac Jones, who whoever's going to be picked, gets injured, and he works his way up as a better backup than than the guys they've had behind Jimmy Garoppolo. But Josh Rosen's off the radar screen, and now Sam Darnold is relegated to Carolina. Right. So the thing to remember is, as we get ready for the draft, which sure. is three weeks and two days away, we, there's no guarantee that any of these guys are going to be great and chances are half of them won't be. Even at the quarterback position, which has gotten better in recent years, there's yeah. still a 50-50 shot. That guy that you think is going to save your franchise isn't, as the Jets found out in giving up on Sam Darnold.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, listen, first-round first round picks, it's all about elite traits, right? So that can lend to, at times, being bust or a player not turning out the way you want them because, hey, you saw something on film where you went – wow, this is really special. Okay, maybe this guy's got some other areas he's got to clean up, but this one area is special, and if we can build on that, it could be something. And, of course, yes, people do miss and do those type of things and misevaluate or don't do the right thing to support the player to really get the, ju- the, 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 the draft pick, you know, the jump off. That, that's the big thing. And again, that's what I'll go back to with Sam Darnold and where he was done wrong from the get-go there with the New York Jets, you know, and you talk about other quarterbacks, right? You know, I mean, the ones that have succeeded for the most part have had talent around them from the get-go to kind of get going on the right foot gain confidence get the team to get confidence in you wow we've won games oh this guy's got the it factor that's what comes next and now it's oh look he's the man he's a franchise quarterback uh, and and so that has to be part of the team to help the quarterback reach that pinnacle spot to be that guy and that's where the Jets never helped Sam Darnold and you're right it is a crap crapshoot we don't know I mean, we don't know about Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, but we see enough really, really high-level stuff to go, ooh, man. I mean, if they just work hard and do things the right way, man, they're going to be able to do some special, special things. And I think that's ultimately what the Jets looked at. I think the Jets have had their eye on Zach Wilson throughout the whole year. And then, of course, now it's all the, the coaches get to evaluate. When they come in, they get to see it. And then you get to go to a pro day and he does something like that, that puts you in a spot where you go, wow, I'm really excited. I got a stamp as Joe Douglas or a chance to put a stamp on the franchise the way I want it and build this team the way I really see fit, not the way the last regime did with with Sam Darnold in that trade. And I think that's probably what excites the Jets and it should excite the Jet fans too. And look, I'm not defending the Jets here
0: because, frankly, based upon their performance over the past, oh, I don't know, 50 years, there's no sense in trying to defend them. But, but if you've got it, it's obvious. The moment that Tyrod Taylor has his unfortunate run-in with Dr. Needle last year yeah. and Justin Herbert is literally told five minutes, literally, before the game, grab your helmet and play. And, and it's like, holy crap, this kid can play. We never had that from Sam Darnold. No, we never had no. that. At some point, when you do have the elite traits, it transcends the crap that's around you. Not that there was crap around Justin Herbert with the Chargers, but you get my point. I got you. At, at some level, the quarterback is so good... Yeah. That he elevates the guys around him. I, I get and you. And Darnold was never
1: that. No, he was never that. You're right. There, There is, even even if they can't elevate, and you just see you go, whoa, there's something about that guy. Herbert, even that first game, when we watched him, it was wasn't that he blew our doors off game one, but you looked at it and you went, man, he's big. Whoa, he's fast. And man, he's got a really unbelievable arm and seems to throw it very easily 40 yards down the field, six feet off the ground. You know, you're right. There was those things that jumped up. Mike, it's the big reason I pushed back against Sam Darnold the first time around. I mean, when he got drafted, because you, you never saw that on film in college. You never saw a guy that was just throwing lasers all over the field. You saw a guy that was a good player, had a good arm, had quick feet, and... You know, for the college level, was a great scrambler. So he could play backyard football and it was fun to watch and you just felt like, man, USC's never out of it with Sam Darnold. But that doesn't always translate to the NFL. It's a different game. And, yes, that's where Sam Darnold, is he going to be a superstar? I would say no. I don't see superstar in him like you're saying. And that's that's where the Jets messed that up, Mike McKagan, McKagan and company as far as taking them in the top five. I don't see that either. But still, think you put them on a good football team and you give them weapons like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey and Ian Thomas at tight end and those type of things, I go, oh, no, you can win football games with Sam Darnold. You can do that. And I, and I think that's you know realistically the, realistically the way I, I view them. Excuse could me. have had Josh Allen instead that year. Didn't even have to trade up from
0: six to three and could have had Josh no, Allen. No, but his completion Although-
1: percentage, Mike. His completion percentage. Oh, my gosh, Mike. His completion percentage. He didn't get to throw screens, and he threw. played in a blizzard and had nobody blocking and didn't have one talented receiver. But it was all Josh Allen's fault. It was nobody else. So, basically – Basically, Allen would have been the same with the Jets as he was in Wyoming. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not. I think Josh Allen would have had more of those moments of like you were saying about Justin Herbert, where things wouldn't. I don't know if it would have mattered a whole lot in the win loss column, but I think Josh Allen, like we've seen over the last three years, even when it wasn't pretty, he would do some stuff and we go, damn, that was whoa. That was good. Whoa, holy cow, what a throw, what a run. I mean, he did stuff like that, to your point, that opened our eyes. And then what did Buffalo do? They started getting talent around him, and all of a sudden explode. So we'll see. Maybe it does explode from Sam Darnold, but he certainly doesn't have Josh Allen's talent, which we know is superstar special. And that gets back to my original point. Yeah. We haven't seen anything from Darnold that would make
0: us say, holy crap, like we have from Josh Allen. Yeah, I think, right. hey, hey there, there are interesting exercises in alternate history that we could engage in. I've said for years, what if the Bengals had ended up with Achilles Smith and the Eagles had, or Donovan McNabb and yeah. the Eagles had right. ended up with Achilles Smith? Is is Does Andy Reid turn Achilles Smith into something? And does Starting his career with the Bengals caused Donovan McNabb to wash out of the NFL as quickly as Smith did. Those are things we'll never know. But obviously that first organization you end up with and what they do to help and support you or otherwise and coach you yeah. and get the best out of you. Right. That has a huge impact on whether or not you fulfill that promise that you have as a top 10 pick. Now, I thought the sweet spot for the Jets when it came to trading Sam Darnold would be to wait until after round one, see who's left. After the music stops on the top quarterbacks, Panthers, Broncos, other teams, possibly. And then you try to trade Sam Darnold. Thinking back to two years ago when the Cardinals waited until after round one. You have about 18 hours before the start of round two. They traded Josh Rosen after picking Kyler Murray. I thought maybe the Jets would take Zach Wilson. Wait to trade Sam Darnold. But I get the impression, Chris, when you consider what the Jets picked up here and they got a second-round pick next year, a fourth-round pick next year, a sixth-round pick this year, there's a good chance that the Panthers, one of the candidates to be that team between round one and round two, weren't going to be waiting around and would have addressed their needs somewhere else. And I feel like the Jets just had to do it now, had to make it happen now because there's no guarantee that package was going to be there later. And I think they benefited from that urgency that the Panthers may have. And we're going to talk more about the Panthers side of it, but they've obviously been trying to upgrade. Of course, right. And and they've had the door slammed in their face at every turn. Yeah. So maybe the Jets were able to get more now than they would have gotten later for Sam Darnold.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you know, maybe. You're right. I mean, we know they were in the Matthew Stafford conversation. We know they want Deshaun Watson. That door's closed. You know, we've heard them rumored with teams in the draft, everything like that. Mike, I think it comes down to like something kind of you just said there at the end. Where they probably wanted to go, you know. As far as the Jets are concerned, wait. There's only a few teams left that really need quarterbacks, and as we sit here right now, it's really only two. I know we know, you know, like we talked about yesterday. Maybe Seattle, something can happen there. But as it stands right now, this second, it's it was Carolina and Denver. It was one of those two teams, so I I would bet the Jets probably looked at it a little bit to go, wait, like wait, if they fill one of those holes at quarterback or whatever, now we're down to one team, and that's it, or then we might have to wait to the draft, and I I would think that the Panthers, you know, from their standpoint, Mike, they want to get their team figured out here. They want to figure out how they're going to orchestrate the draft, you know, okay, wait, we got this quarterback, let's start to think about how we can run our offense, do those type of things, and here's the big thing. To me, that like I just I think we're all missing. Panthers didn't want to take a quarterback at eight. They did, so they the way they looked at it right now, and they went, okay, wait, it seems like one, two, three is going to be quarterback. We don't like four or five at number eight. So that 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 to me is what they came to the determination of. So now they can move on to how they want to adjust their draft, and they're off the quarterback conversation and how are we going to finagle to maybe move up in the draft to figure this out or all those type of things, now they don't have to worry about it. Now they can go, wait, we can pick whatever we need at number 8, or if somebody wants to trade up to number 8 to maybe get one of these quarterbacks, maybe we could trade down, do something like that. But I do find that to be the interesting angle, too, that the Panthers kind of threw in the towel with the quarterbacks in the draft and said, the hell with it, we're going Sam Darnold, and we're moving on. Well, there was a report or a suggestion, or whatever we want to call it, recently
0: from Mike Tannenbaum, the former GM of the Jets, and he was an executive with the Dolphins, that – that the Panthers were looking into the three spot as well when the 49ers made that jump from 12 all the way up to three, making it clear they were taking a quarterback. And right. I think if you're sitting at eight, and as the boards begin to shift and harden, you realize quarterback at one, quarterback at two, quarterback at three, right? maybe quarterback at four. Maybe quarterback at five if the Bengals slide down and the Broncos jump up. And, you know, we have to assume that the Panthers have had all relevant conversations and considered all potential permutations to try to get Justin Fields or Trey Lance, assuming those are the two guys who are going to be left. And as you said, you just, you you don't, maybe they would have been interested in those guys that they had landed at eight, but you don't want to give up on top of eight, to get those guys, whatever it is, you'd have to give up to move up to four or five. So we're going to go the Sam Darnold route instead. And the the Jets benefit because I, I I never got the impression the Broncos were all that interested in Darnold as a potential upgrade over Drew Locke. Right. And where else does Darnold go? Once the 49ers slam the door on the possibility, yeah. Yeah. then Carolina... I, and you know Carolina was not a team that we had high on the list of potential Sam Darnold destinations. So the Jets, I think, got a little bit lucky here, and I think the Jets made their move now because they recognize there's a damn good chance they weren't going to get something like right. that when April twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine rolls around and the draft gets going and. Teams start making other moves, and teams maybe address needs between now and then. So I think the Jets did what they had to do, knowing that they were going quarterback, knowing that That's right. they weren't going to keep Darnold around. And the other angle here, too, we've got the 50-year option that the Panthers will now pick up on Sam Darnold at $18.8 million. For the first time, that option is fully guaranteed at exercise. So the Jets had to make this move before May three. They had to do it. Otherwise, what they were going to be trading was one year with Sam Darnold at roughly $4 million. But no guarantee that you could keep him around for a second year. So what value are you getting if you're the Panthers or someone else if you wait too long to do it? So the Jets had to get it done. They had to make a decision as to which guy they were going to keep. They couldn't keep both. Zach Wilson or whoever they take at number two. In that's Samuel. right. So they
1: they did what they had to do and that's, they got what they got. Nice. And I think they got a better deal now than they would have gotten later. Period. I, I think there's. The, the, I think you're right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you just don't know how it's going to shake out. And they don't want to be there like in the situation you're talking about in May or now. Hey, wait, we've got a new quarterback of our team, but we're spending all our time talking about the quarterback we don't want and why. What are we going to do with him? And how are we going to split rip reps during you know? OTAs and doing all those things. It works for both sides. Carolina now gets their quarterback and they can start feeding him offense and playbook and pages because, you know, just to get the head start there. And I don't know if we're going to have on-field work at any point or not, but I'm guessing coaches, I know coaches, they're they're hoping and expecting that at some point after the draft they're going to be able to get on the field, practice, do those things. And, you know, that, of course, you want to have that situation settled there too just so Sam Darnold can get in the huddle and – you know, seamlessly call plays and not being, you know, going through the the learning of all that on the fly after the draft. So I think uh it makes sense from both sides, Mike. I really do. And uh I, I think he really fits with what Carolina wants to do on the offensive side of the ball. We
0: mentioned that the Panthers were in on Matthew Stafford. They were in on moving up, they were in on Deshaun Watson, they get Darnold, how do you think he fits with what Matt Rule is trying to do? Given the perception that yeah.
1: Darnold was basically Plan D for the Panthers, well, I knew that he was on their radar. I had had some inside info that that, that he was on their radar for the last few weeks, um, so I wasn't shocked from that standpoint. But, Doesn't matter if you say it after it happened. No, I know, but I I, I don't I don't I don't care. I'm not receipts. Trying to, I'm trying receipts. Yeah, you know again, where are the receipts? I don't know. I'm just giving a hard time. But I know. You know Matt. You know our producer Matt and Pete Demolaitis, They would know because I tell them those type of things. So they they oh thanks for telling me those well, things. You know you're Johnny Ryder. I can't trust you all the time. You know you never know what you might put on Pro Football Talk. I got to keep you out of the loop on some conversations. Okay, nothing personal. All right, doll check go ahead. Go ahead. That's <laughs> but, fine. But I do. It cuts both ways. <laughs> I know it does. But I do think Sammy D, all right, fits fits that offense. That offense, again, we got to remember who we're dealing with. It's Joe Brady, a.k.a. an assistant for Sean Payton. That offense, we saw him run at LSU. He wants a guy like a Joe Burrow, you know, quick in the pocket, quick release. And where Sam Darnold's amazing and amazing for this offense is – He's a really good intermediate thrower. And I know these stats aren't going to say anything. I I understand they're not going to back up my points, right? But I would also say to these stats, like, you know, some of those plays, nobody's open. So it's not going to be great results. So there's nothing there either way. But the ability to hit 5, 10, 15-yard passes, throw it on the money, he is a high-level thrower that way. And that's where he fits the Panthers, Mike. And ultimately, that's why... I think, really, and I don't mean to be so long here, but I'm going to be, that, that that's why, uh, also, I just think it's interesting with the draft thing, because you brought it up, you know, there, there, there's the conversations that they tried to move up in the draft, I, I, to me, that sounds like what? You know, they had their eyes on Mac Jones, this is the type of quarterback they want, now, oh, damn, all the rumors are, 49ers are taking Mac Jones, So they're probably looking at it like, hey, we don't want this type of quarterback as far as the Justin Fields' Trey Lance. Not with the way their team's set up. They want a guy who can dice you up in the pocket, a.k.a. Joe Burrow or Drew Brees style. And Sam Darnold can do that. I I do have faith in that. Well, what what amazes me about the Panthers, you think back to last year
0: how quickly they fell in love with Teddy Bridgewater. The three-year, $66 million contract, the big guarantees, the guarantees they still have to deal with. And we'll talk about that coming up, how they finessed their way out of this. There was $33 million guaranteed at signing, $10 million fully guaranteed in salary still left this year. He didn't have Christian McCaffrey for most of the year. And I didn't see anything from Teddy Bridgewater that – told me he was fundamentally different than the guy he's ever been I'd love to know at some point the inside story on how the Panthers went from we got to have this guy one year to we got to get him the hell out of here based on one season most of which didn't have Christian McCaffrey and none of which, to me, Chris, looked any different in a significant way than what we'd seen since he was a first-round pick of the Vikings in 2014. I, I know, but the, the problem is none of that's been good. You know that that's where you know. Then I, why? Then why? That's then reconcile it for me. Why did they give him a three-year, sixty-six million-dollar contract last year? He's the
1: same guy this year that he was last right. year. Right. Well, Listen, let's, 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 there's a, this. This is a good conversation. You know, first off, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's—he's the perfect scenario of like the opposite. Of Sam Darnold, you know, got to play in a Vikings team and get to play quarterback at a very average level and they still won and we gave them all the credit. Oh, it's a great defense and they can run the ball and they can do this. It's Teddy Bridgewater. He's doing it all. He's special. He's got the it factor. It's just because he smiles in the huddle and the whole team plays better. No one was saying that. It's like crap like that, constant. It's constant. But no one crap. was saying that. No okay. one was saying I'm, that about Teddy Bridgewater. I'm He's being a guy who comes in top. with an even hand. Yeah, over. extremely. No, yes. No, he it's always his charisma and those things and how ha- that's what we always hear about. You know, okay, he goes to New Orleans, he does a good job there, there's no doubt. But we're like, you know, okay. I they went 5 and 0. They got him because they needed a quarterback. They had no other options. They didn't know what to do. And they were worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who were going after Teddy Bridgewater at the time before Tom Brady got, you know, serious about Tampa. So they ended up paying more money than they wanted to. But I think they thought, like, hey, maybe we can make this guy. Maybe he'll fit in our offense. They probably listened to the propaganda the Saints gave Joe Brady and those type of things. And they just figured, okay, you know, there is some things about the guy that can help you win football games and do that. And they tried to make it work, you know, for, yeah, expensive money, but not crazy money for this day and age at the NFL quarterback position. Teddy Bridgewater really came of age in 2015 with the Vikings. And I remember
0: thinking that at the time, the problem with the offense was it was too centered on Adrian Peterson. That Game was his last great year in Minnesota. What are you talking he- about? I was his second year in the NFL. And he showed that he could get the job done. And my point is this, and it was a theme throughout that. It's six years ago, and it's hard to remember at times because the years all kind of blend together at this point. But in 2015, Peterson was the offense, and Teddy was just kind of there to... To try to save things on the days that Adrian Peterson couldn't get it done. And he had some moments that year. There was a Thursday night game against the Cardinals where he tried to put the Vikings in position to win. There was a game against the Broncos. He tried to put the Vikings in position to win. There was a strip sack in both games that ended it. He had the Vikings
1: in this position what to win. I'm talking about. All these excuses
0: but, for this guy all the time. He tried I'm I'm to do excuses this he tried I'm to do that. I'm telling you. He almost got Can him the win. Yes. Can I finish? Yeah. He put him in position to beat the Seahawks and end their two-year run as NFC champions, but Blair Walsh shanked a 27-yard okay, he field threw goal. For 70 Teddy yards. did everything he had to do. 70. Okay, go ahead. Well, it was it was minus 80 that day, so the, the everything was pointing toward 2016 potentially being the year that he steps up. Year three for Teddy Bridgewater. Let's see what he can do. The offense is set up for him, and he has that torn ACL. He spends three years trying to get himself back again. I just I, it look the Panthers saw enough to piss away what's ultimately going to be about 25 to $30 million sure. dollars yeah, on right. on the hope that they were getting something that they'd never seen before from Teddy Bridgewater. And my point is, he showed me nothing last year that was any different than what we've ever seen from Teddy Bridgewater, and now they're done with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. The whole thing seems odd to me that that they're so quick to say, get this guy the hell out of here. And I say it because there's a chance come next year David Tepper— who is very involved, and that's his prerogative. At least he doesn't act like he's not involved like so many of these other owners do. He's very involved. He may decide a year from now on Sam Darnold, get this guy the hell out of here when he plays exactly
1: the way he's played the first three years of his career. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, Tepper's not scared. They're aggressive down there in Carolina. That's why I like them. You know, they're, they're not going to like ruin their whole careers and go, well, we're going to make this Teddy thing work because we, we we've, you know, we signed him and we're just going to go down in a burning fire with him. You know, sometimes when you get a guy and then you see him at practice and you games and everything, you start to realize the things that he can and can't do. And you just go, wait, this isn't for us. And I think that's what happened with Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's ultimately where it is, Mike. You know, yeah, there's a lot of positives. And I know I was very harsh on him a second ago, and I his story is amazing. Uh, it, it really is. And I know he's a, a great guy and everything like that. But I think ultimately what those coaches come away with, where they go is, wait, we have like a really explosive offense and we got like a, a wide receiver duo here. It was a trio last year that you could put up against anybody in football. And I think they came away, as did I, in so many games going, man, did they leave a lot of yards on the field. Man, were there people wide open down the field. You know, man, there's a guy down open down the field and he threw it five yards short. All those type of things, let alone some really bad turnovers and some bad moments and some close football games throughout the year. And I think, you know, again, that's where all the intangibles go out the door because then you start to go, yeah, well, he's got everything except on the field it's just not special. He needs a special support system. He can win you games. You put him on the Saints, he'll be really good with a great defense and an awesome running game and a great coach. But with a team that's kind of finding its way and, you know, an upstart right now, he's not the guy that's going to carry you. And, you know, we'll see where they go. They They should have
0: known it before they signed him, though. I I, I I don't want to be chasing my
1: tail here. I got you. But but this, this wasn't a team that we
0: regarded as a contender last year. This is a team that we thought was going to suck. And they acquitted themselves well early in the season. And then Christian McCaffrey gets injured, and they still weren't getting blown off the field. They had games that were compelling and interesting, and wow, the Panthers aren't supposed to be any good. And look at this. They're not as bad as they were supposed to be. I'm just struggling with this idea. So you just said it, though. They're
1: always ready, and they were close, but they didn't have a quarterback that could win them those close games. That's kind of what you just said there.
0: But that's the
1: guy that they handpicked. I team know. That was supposedly rebuilding. Well, it we just... got to get over like 21 million a year. Uh, you know, uh, it's just not that uh, big of a deal uh, at quarterback anymore. It's not. I think I, I'm every, the same way. My, 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 but yeah, I hear my, you, my, Mike. My. But I think they were stuck in a spot of trying to create a little culture. They knew Teddy, those type of things. They felt like he was just in that offense with the Saints the year before. And I think just from those standpoint. They thought, wait, he's a good fit for here. We don't know what we're going to do with the position right now. Cam is gone. And then I do think, yeah, Tampa got involved. Tampa was involved in Teddy. And I think that drove up the price a little bit and, and hurt Carolina as far as that's concerned. And now the Panthers have to figure out what to do
0: with this contract that has $10 yeah. million fully guaranteed with another $7 million in salary on top of it. It occurred to me yesterday, I see three destinations, Chris, and I want to run these by you. Yeah. Number one, mm-hmm. number one. And, and two are via trade. One is via, we just have to cut the cord on this guy and eat the $10 million. Right. But trading to the Broncos, yeah, reunited right. with former Vikings assistant GM George Payton, Agreed. and could be an upgrade over Drew Locke. You or like competes, that one?
1: Yeah, or he competes with them, right? If Drew Locke like, falls apart early in the year and is too gunslinger, now you got the guy, Teddy Bridgewater, who's the opposite of that. He'll go, will go, right, we're going to play through the defense and I'll manage the game. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm with you there. Now, to get that deal
0: done, I think what Teddy would have to do is take less than 17, and maybe the Panthers would have to pay part of the 10. But you know what? You get a chance to walk in the door and compete to be a starter, and no one else is paying you 17 this year. You're getting your 10 from the Panthers one way or the other. No one's paying you 17. How much more over 10 are you willing to take less than 17 to land in a spot sooner rather than later? This is the Trent Brown dynamic where the Panthers can say, hey, we don't have to cut you anytime soon. You either do this deal, make this happen, or we're eventually going to dump you and you're going to be capped at 10 million. The other team, and remember, this team came up at some point during March as potentially interested in Teddy Bridgewater, and that's the 49ers. And there's still a way to do this where you dump Garoppolo in his 25 million, you get Teddy Bridgewater and you pay him twelve, and it's easier for Bridgewater, I submit Chris, to be the short term He starts until the rookie's ready. Right. Then run the risk that Garoppolo is going to be healthy and effective and you got a problem in the locker room. You're not going to have a problem in the locker room if Garoppolo's gone. Bridgewater comes in knowing the assignment, knowing what his role is. It's easier to pull that off if you're Kyle Shanahan and it's it's 50 cents on the dollar sure, right. in comparison to the 25 million Garoppolo is supposed to make if you can get Teddy to take 12.
1: yeah my, my, I mean that makes a lot of sense that does I mean it makes sense from the 49er standpoint I think you're you know spot on there you know the Denver thing certainly you know again where I'll go back with you know the 49er thing is you know that that makes a lot more sense as far as having Jimmy there right just because he's already got a, a flag planted in the ground he's established they've gone to the Super Bowl with him that's going to cause a little bit more of a ruckus in the locker room than Teddy Bridgewater coming, and you going, okay, yeah, he's good, but we don't know this guy, and, yeah, we have a rookie quarterback who's the number three pick in the draft, and, okay, that's right, we like Teddy, but, you know, he'll play when he has to Wait, or whatever. are you
0: agreeing or disagreeing with my thought that it would be less of a problem in
1: the locker room agree. Garoppolo's gone? I agree, agree, gone. No, I agree. Yeah. yes, I was saying, yes, it's too much okay. of an issue with Garoppolo because he's already planted a flag in the organization, so I agree with you. And then, hey, the other team, too, just the. Just because I know we both got this on our radar still is we'll see what happens with Seattle. I just know there's a lot of people in the NFL and league circles that do not think that story's done yet. And if they decide to trade him, maybe that becomes a place where Carolina has some conversations with Seattle and they get something done and Teddy goes up there. And, hey, he would fit fit that style of football, you know, as far as Pete Carroll, want to run the ball, play through the defense, manage the game, do those type of stuff. I mean, that, that certainly would, would fit Seattle style. The four teams that Russell
0: Wilson's agent identified four or five weeks ago seemingly are out of it at this point, although I guess the Raiders could still get back into it. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot No, of teams out there right, right. now. Now, with Russell Wilson, maybe you tear up the plans that you have and you say... Unless you've got a clear franchise guy, you say, okay, yeah, we thought it was going to be Andy Dalton, but now the Seahawks all of a sudden are willing to take our three first-round picks when they weren't before, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah right. I, I, just, I just feel like there's no, other than the Dolphins, other than the Dolphins, uh, who seemingly are sending the message that they're fine with Tua Tonga-Vailoa by trading Seems out of the like three it, spot, right? you can't rule out the possibility that they're going to take all these extra picks they have now and maybe still try... To make a move for Russell Wilson, if that would somehow somehow play out, but clearly the Jets aren't in play at this point. That was a team that I was intrigued by as a potential Russell Wilson destination because yeah. it was a couple of years ago he was talking about the Giants, right. so there was noise about the Giants. Right, but the the the, the music is slowing down, the seats are filling up. And the one other team that I had in mind with Teddy Bridgewater, you mentioned the Buccaneers, Bruce Arian said last year, yeah, it was Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston. That right. was the priority. Right. And if you cut Teddy Bridgewater, he can just go to Tampa Bay and take the minimum one point zero seven five million. The Panthers are paying the difference and he can be the backup to Tom Brady, hang around there for a while, see if maybe he can become the guy after Brady's gone. Yeah. I think that is the the ultimate Opportunity in the event that there isn't a starting path yeah, somewhere, right? Go back up, Tom Brady, and make the Panthers pay the difference between what the Bucks pay
1: and and what Teddy's going to get by way of the ten million dollars. Yeah, no, I mean there, there's a lot of options here. The, the, there there definitely is. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think Teddy the starter that that's probably. By the wayside, unless it becomes in Denver where he goes, goes to Denver, gets traded there, gets to p- compete with Drew Locke and do all of that, you know, so yeah, we'll see where that goes, but I would expect something to go down there, you know, before the draft or at least right after the draft or during the draft. I don't expect them to be on the roster, you know, once the draft is over, you know, and then when you're the your Seattle thing and Russell Wilson, Mike, yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't know like where, where does that end up? You know, right now there really is nothing. Other than Miami, the other only other team I look at a little just to go was wait, wait, they could still they're still looking for their quarterback of the future is Washington, you know, but I, again, I don't know if they're going to be in the the class for a, a Russell Wilson, the way Washington's sitting there right now, they're probably sitting there. Wait, one of these five quarterbacks might fall to us at number 19 or 20. I can't remember which one they are exactly. And maybe they'll get 19. them there. Yeah. So we'll see.
0: One team that will not be in the market for Russell Wilson or any other starting quarterback anytime soon is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers began his two-week stint as the guest host of Jeopardy, and he believes that he could, if given the opportunity, double-dip. We'll talk about that next here on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day,
1: Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba da ba ba ba. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? <laughs> <laughs> That is a great question. Should be, should, be, should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this, uh, this game today, that's incorrect.
0: Aaron Rodgers exercising his strength in his debut Ooh, as the baby. guest host of Jeopardy. His demeanor reminded me of the moment. I don't know if you remember this, Chris. There was a 60 Minutes profile of Aaron Rodgers, and that's how we learned that he's so sensitive. He's sensitive about being called sensitive. Some guy walked up to him at some event and stood next to him and, said, oh, you're shorter than I thought you would be. And he said, I don't like that very much. (laughs) that, That was that demeanor. It reminded me of that same demeanor from Aaron Rodgers last night. So he begins his stint as the guest host of Jeopardy! And he continues to promote and he does relentlessly right. relentlessly and aggressively a level of promotion we have never seen from him in his NFL career because what he's trying to do Chris look I got this figured out and I know Aaron Rodgers we are more alike than he would ever admit and I'm sure that he doesn't want to admit he has anything common. don't admit it Aaron. he's trying to shut up he's <laughs> trying to goose the ratings he's doing everything he can to put the thumb on the scale so he is going to blow Dr. Mehmet Oz okay. away who had the two weeks ahead of time and He wants this job. It's clear he wants this job. He is violating the first rule of professional aspiration. It specifically is something that I learned in the political field, not that I was ever involved in it and never will be, but you never talk about the jobs that you want. And he's talking too much about the job that he wants. If he doesn't get it,
1: he's going to be regarded as a failure. Well, I mean, maybe. I, I give him a lot of credit. This is why I like Aaron Rodgers. He puts himself out there all the time. I, 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 I'm like shocked at how aggressive he is with pubbing this thing and everything like that. You know, I, I thought it was an enjoyable show. It's the first time the guy's ever hosted something in his life. I thought it was pretty damn good. But I'm with you. I am like surprised at how aggressive he's promoting it and loving it and just everything about it. Uh, either way, it was a good watch. And you know, I, I'm a Jeopardy watcher, so I've been watching these guest hosts over the last you know two months or so. And I would say it's as good as good as anybody that's been up there so far. So be interesting to see where it goes. Certainly, I haven't watched much of the others. Yeah, but
0: I did watch last night's show, and here's my non-qualified tv critic assessment i think that and he's got nine more shows and we talked about this yesterday his comments about everything he studied and every correct answer that every word every phrase everything that that alex trebek did he was trying to don't be alex trebek aaron and it's too late, it's already done, yeah, right. but we'll see what happens over the next nine. He's got to be himself as the host of Jeopardy. It was too obvious he was trying to be Alex Trebek, and there were moments where he was lacking energy. You know, one of the things I remember about Alex Trebek, when it's rolling and they're getting him right, he's got a punch. He's got a little, and it's not like he says much, but there's an energy, there's a punch there, and I felt like Aaron didn't have that because he was trying too hard to to be impersonating what he thought Alex sure. Trebek would be doing instead of just being himself—that's yeah, that, my—that's my unqualified TV critique of Aaron Rodgers' performance. I
1: hear you. I mean, they've all tried to stay a, 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 you know, in the lines of Alex Trebek. He probably did it more than anybody so far to this point. Um, but we'll see. Let's see what's like what show two looks like. Maybe he gets more relaxed after one show and things like that, and starts to add his own, you know, personality to it, to everything in that way. You know, again, hey, listen. You know, he, yeah, he made a few good jokes Arr. and cracks. Yeah, that was funny. Mike, here's another thing. Arr. I get done watching the show last night. Big Phil calls, right? You know, and uh, listen, me and my dad, yeah, this is what we do. We talk about football. He brought up something really interesting that I'm mad that I hadn't thought about. You know, we talked about, like, you know, why didn't the Packers convert his money into a bonus, right? But, yeah, it would have added more to the, you know, end of the end of the contract, later years, things like that. And we kind of talked about it the whole time, like, you know, the Packers didn't want to do that. What if it's the opposite? What if it was Aaron Rodgers that said no? And the more I thought about it, I think th- Yeah, go ahead. Time out. go ahead. I think they have if somebody reported that they had
0: the power to do it. A lot of teams negotiate into the contract the power to do a restructuring automatically. Anytime they want to. I know the Cowboys have that with Dak Prescott, and I think the Packers have it with Aaron Rodgers. I know. So I'm, they could have done it even if he said no.
1: Well, I, I, I texted with some people to try to figure out a few things about that last night and just to, to hear it, but it, it's something that jumped out. Maybe we could both look into it a little bit more, but uh, either way, it's shocking that he's this aggressive with Jeopardy, right? And... I think it's. I mean, it's really funny that he's saying he could do both. I mean, the way he broke it down, it was like they only tape for forty-seven days a year, and we play football for one hundred and eighty-seven. There's all these days it's, left over. It's the Brandon Marshall when he was flying to New York on
0: days off, right, to do inside the NFL. Yeah. The problem right. is this. Here, here's the problem. During football season, is it responsible no. for him to fly to California to do? a day
1: of taping and then come back. Is that responsible? No, it's not. It's too hard to play quarterback. And as you have a bad game or throw interceptions, you know, that's going to be the first thing that everyone's going to say, well, if you weren't hosting jeopardy and being Mr. Alex Trebek, you might've played better on Sunday. So that's what you're going to be risking. If you try to play that game. Well, and he clearly
0: wants to do it. He wants the job. He's not afraid to say he wants the job. I just think that, that, if he gets the job, and who knows, maybe he's at the point where, with his career in the Packers where he's willing to do it just as a way to stick it to them. Maybe that's his ultimate way to stick it to them. Hey, guys, you're not making a commitment to me. I'm not making a seven-day-a-week commitment to you. Tuesday's my off day. It's my off day for a reason. I'm taking off to California. I'll see you on Wednesday, and we'll worry about getting ready for the game. You're not going out of your way to help me. I'm not going out of my way to help you. Now, I don't know that he would ever put it that way, but that's the message that yeah. would come from it if he would do it. So we'll see what happens. Let's yeah. take a break. When we return, some comments from Sammy Watkins, a new receiver in Baltimore who, if he knows nothing else, knows how to run by Richard Sherman. I didn't write that. Someone else did. More PFT Live right after this. Definitely had a great conversation with him and um, kind of a, Kind of talked to him like, man, I'm. Th- this is
1: your show. I just want to be a part of it, and um, you're a special talent. And um, I just want to come here and try to help out as far as you know. What I mean, making plays for you, making it easy on you. And and he just said the same thing. Man, I just want a guy that can go out there and ball and have fun, and enjoy
0: himself, and bring that swagger. And I can't wait to you know, what I mean, work with him mesmerized, but whatever that was, hovering over the left shoulder of Sammy Watkins. That was his introductory press conference yesterday as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Can't wait to play with Lamar Jackson. Basically said if the receivers get open, he can explode in that offense as a passer. Chris, I don't know that Watkins is enough to make a difference. I think this is about structure the offense. I think Jackson can do it. This is about what they intend to do yeah. offensively, and they've been so skewed toward the run they haven't let the passing game flourish the way that maybe it could
1: yeah agreed and you know, I mean we know Lamar's special that way I, I again I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think Lamar's you know Aaron Rodgers or my homes and can just dice everybody up with his right arm every game all game long but it's still really damn good and if you get people open he'll make the right decision and the right throw uh, I mean I, I, I believe that the film shows that but I think to your to your bigger point there it's just yes the offense has to grow. You know, in general, altogether, as far as more passing concepts, more creativity along those lines. We talked about it a lot at the end of the year. We finally saw, like, the incorporation of Hollywood Brown into the offense. And you could tell that he was a focal point. That was the first time we saw that. You know, Sammy Watkins has great potential, as we know. It's been an underwhelming career, but he's got superstar talent when he could stay healthy or play 100%. You know, so I think it's like the perfect fit for both sides. Sammy has a chance to, you know, maybe have a big year, be on a winning football team that could maybe get to the Super Bowl, and that could help him maybe sign another big contract or something like that. And Baltimore gets a guy for somewhat the low, who's got great potential. And we know that it's kind of hard to get receivers there in, in Baltimore. So I think it makes sense for both sides, certainly. All right, let's take a break. When we return, AFC projected win totals.
0: Yesterday we looked at the NFC. We're going to flip it over to the AFC today. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So,
1: no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.